Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the program. We will be talking about disembodied voices, voices from beyond the grave in just a few moments when a member of the EVP Society joins us. Extrasensory validation of the paranormal. Uh, but we'll actually be talking about EVPs, as in electronic voice phenomena. And uh, Dennis Claveau, uh, who is the founder and lead investigator of the Ontario EVP Society, will be uh, playing what he believes are spirit voices caught on tape force in uh, just a few moments. This is a fascinating uh, a phenomenon. And whether you believe what is being captured on audio tape are actual spirit voices or something else, something a voice from another dimension, ETs... I don't know what's going on, but uh, I've heard thousands of EVPs over the years. Some of them are garbled and not so hot and uh, very difficult to understand. Some of them are clear as day, and uh, you're going to hear some of them tonight. And to tell us about um, uh, what he does at the Ontario EVP Society is the founder and lead investigator there, Dennis Claveau. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hello, Richard. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. The Ontario EVP Society, Extrasensory Validation of the Paranormal. Tell me about your group. Where are you, first of all? Certainly. Well, we are based out of Kitchener, Ontario. So, as the name states, we uh, we are in the, in the uh, region here. Uh, we are a non-profit group. Uh, we travel all over Ontario investigating claims of paranormal activity. Uh, so we don't uh, charge for our investigations, home or business. And um, uh, how many EVPs? First of all, before we get into that, what, give me your definition of an EVP, ex- electronic voice phenomena. What, what is it exactly? Certainly. And th- there are many different uh, explanations about it, but the one that we go by is it would be a sound or a voice that was heard only on playback. It wasn't audible at the time it was captured, uh, so you couldn't hear it with the human ear when you were actually there, but on playback it shows up on the, on the audio recording. And um, where where are you gathering or or capturing these these uh, EVPs? Uh, what kind what kinds of locations? And it's actually really interesting because you'd think it would only be in uh, like really spooky haunted places, but we've actually captured them. Uh, well, in uh, in churches, we've captured them in brand new homes, and of course, the odd spooky place out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but it, it doesn't really matter what place we go to. It seems that uh, wherever paranormal activity is, uh, so are EVPs. So what do you, when you arrive at a location that is uh, alleged to be haunted or there's some sort of paranormal activity, you take your audio cassette recorder in there, digital recorder, whatever, and what do you do, like a bait and trap? Do you Do you... Do you push record, leave it in the room and leave, or do you walk around the, the grounds in the building asking questions and hoping for a reply? Well, it's, it's all of the above. Uh, we do have several recorders going at any given time. Uh, we will leave a few stationary around the home. Uh, we will sit down and have active EBP sessions uh, where we ask questions and, and try and trigger a response. And we will have one in our hand walking around with us, so if we just capture anything ambient. The goal is to capture anything that could go off at any time because, uh, I'm sure as you would know, these things don't uh, don't operate like clockwork. So uh, the more ears, the better. And how common or rare is it to capture an EVP? Give me a ratio, for example. How, how uh, much tape do you have to actually record 
before you get an EVP? And that's an excellent question. And uh, I, I can use one location, uh, the Blue Ghost Tunnel in Niagara Falls, as an example. Uh, we've been there about six or seven times over the past two years, and we've uh, amassed uh, literally days' worth of audio. And uh, we only have about uh, about 20 or so EVPs, which amounts to just a, just about two minutes out of almost a week's worth of audio to go through. So it's a very, very small a uh, small amount that you actually get in terms of ratio. And when you listen, when you listen to them in playback, are you are you able to hear what they're saying at that point, or do you need to run it through some sort of a, a, a an audio enhancing program to clean it up, eliminate the background noise, uh, or do they do they present themselves pretty much the way that as they're recorded? And that actually does vary as well because we have had some EVPs that come clear as day. It sounds as if the person was in the room speaking right into the audio recorder. And we've had others that uh, require a little bit of cleaning up to actually hear what it says. Now, that might have to do with uh, the cert- like how far away it's being broadcast or uh, if it's actually interacting with the, with the machine itself. That's something we've yet to figure out, but it is an interesting, uh, an interesting angle on the EVPs themselves. Now, why are so why are they so often um, so garbled and, and muffled and difficult to hear? You would think that if a spirit, if that's in fact what we're dealing with, wanted to make itself known, uh, I don't know, they would take elocution <laughs> classes or something. They're just so difficult to hear so often. It's very true, and I think part of it is because it's not sound as we know it. Uh, part of it is if the sound was audible at the time, then our human ears would hear it. So it would have to be something different. Uh, part of my theory, now it goes into EVPs, is that electronic voice phenomenon is just actually that. It's a form of electricity. Uh, it goes through electromagnetic frequency that's interacting directly with the audio recorder. So that would pick up uh, on the microphone what we can't hear, but it comes through, it, 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 when, it when it does come through, it comes through, uh, jumbled and, and garbled and sometimes robotic sounding. Now, I uh, I spoke with a uh, an EVP researcher who lives uh, not too far from uh, up Barry Way here in uh, north of Toronto, mm-hmm. and he has an interesting theory uh, that the reason they sound these voices that is sound so garbled is they're I guess they're they're operating in a different medium. They're they're actually existing in a different medium. I'm not sure if it's related to ectoplasm, uh, but uh, it's you know if voice travels differently uh, underwater uh, than it does in in uh, you know an, an oxygen hydrogen type atmosphere, oxygen nitrogen hydrogen atmosphere. So he's theorizing that wherever these voices are coming from, wherever they are. There's some sort of a different medium in which they exist. And so that's why, you know, the voice is having to travel through that medium. Does that make sense to you? Well, I definitely agree. It, it does, it, it explains a lot of the discrepancies with, uh, with most of the explanations behind EVPs. Because if you look at it through history, uh, tape recorders and digital recorders only have a few pieces that are very similar. Uh, that being mechanisms in the microphone themselves. So whatever is acting as an electronic voice phenomenon, it would have had to have existed before all of this wonderful technology that we have today. So it could very well be 
a different form, a different medium that we can't hear, but it is interacting with the microphone, and that's what's being recorded. Dennis Claveau is uh, with us. He is the founder and lead investigator of the Ontario EVP Society, extrasensory validation of the paranormal. And when we come back, we'll play some spirit voices, allegedly. Voices from beyond the grave. Here on The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, uh, Dennis Claveau is with us, the lead investigator and founder of a, um, a rather interesting uh, a group, the Ontario Society uh, of EVP. Now, we are going to play a clip here. We don't have them, Dennis, I apologize, we don't have them in any particular order. I'm guessing you've heard these uh, many times, so you'll be able to uh, sort of tell us what, what it is we're listening to. And we should also point out that if people want to listen to these, can they go to your website as well, Dennis? Can yes, they hear they them can. on the website? That's evpsociety.ca, www.evpsociety.ca. And um, so, Tim, why don't you fire the first one off here? All right, uh, Dennis, does that one sound familiar? Again, that's kind of garbled, but we de- we definitely heard. A voice coming through there, and I'll tell you what I heard. I heard someone saying something. She died. Yes, the, there was actually two voices, uh, one older man and one younger man, and they both said she died. Uh, interesting point was that actually happened after one of our team members had called out the name uh, Allie, which is one of our investigators. So they didn't like her very, very much, and I think that was their response. So. Now, one of the things that I've sort of uh, learned over the years talking to paranormal researchers and ghost hunters such as yourself is sort of two theories as to uh, what these voices are. In in some cases, what you're actually listening to is simply the the residual sort of an echo, uh, the you know this residual energy left over after someone passes away that's maybe absorbed by into a building and so forth, and so that. That voice really has no consciousness. It's just on sort of a loop. You know, it plays over and over. In some cases, though, these entities seem to have a consciousness. You can interact with them. For example, you put out a question, they deliver a response. What, what most often do you think you're recording? These, the spirit, this spiritual residue, these endless loops, or, or uh, spirits with this, with a consciousness to them? I think the ones that we can hear audibly uh, are more so the uh, playback recordings, like the residuals. Right. Uh, 
um, the ones that seem to interact with us, uh, that those come up more often on EVP, um, which is especially for the Blue Ghost Tunnel location because there wasn't anybody that died in that area. So there, there was no like, uh, there was no murder. There was no passing away. So to have uh, have voices like that show up, it it does strike an interesting uh, parallel for that as well because it's more so the expectation of something there. So everyone's mental energy is actually manifesting something that's intelligent. And again, when you asked the question about what about Allie, you heard nothing until you played the tape back later. That's correct. And we we did not have the two individuals' voices <laughs> in our team at all. Uh, those two people, we had no idea who they were. How do you rule out some someone playing a joke on you or, I don't know, radio interference? There must be certain protocols that you adhere to, scientific protocols. Well, absolutely. Uh, we do check out the locations uh, at, at depth when uh, it is in the daytime we go through, make sure there's nothing wired up, and uh, make sure we're familiar with the area. Uh, and some locations are so remote that it, the chances of it being somebody out there playing a joke it is it is pretty slim, but we make sure that we have all of the entrances monitored at all times to make sure that there's nobody that can sneak in, and we do follow up. But we're we're fairly thorough with our investigations, so there's not really an inch of anything that that doesn't get explored when we're when we're on location. Dennis Claveau is with us, the founder and lead investigator of the Ontario EVP Society, extrasensory validation of the paranormal, and again their website is evpsociety.ca uh, Tim, let's uh, let's fire up another one and play another EVP Alright, now I definitely heard a male voice there but uh, I couldn't make out what it was saying or he was saying Help us out, uh, Dennis Certainly, and that one uh, actually gave me goosebumps listening to it again, it always does uh, that was captured uh, between myself and my senior investigator, Jim, speaking. Uh, we kept hearing thumps, and this was again in the Blue Ghost Tunnel. And there was a period of silence between us talking. I, I was there, so I knew, it was, I knew it was quiet. But on playback, you hear the man's voice, and it sounds like he's very quickly saying, you may as well start running now. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, I don't know, Tim, are, we, are you able to fire that one again, or is that one gone? I don't understand the, uh, the... Hard to say. I mean, I, I it sounded like something like what you said. You better start running now, although it's very short. Uh, there's also kind of a, a tinny quality there. Uh, it's almost as if in order for these... Spirit voices to become audible, they've got to be, they have to manipulate. I don't know an electromagnetic energy, or we, you know, we often hear uh, um, that if you if you're running a fan in the room, or there's uh, there's something that they can use and manipulate that sound. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it does. It does seem to be that they're manipulating some type of electric field. Because some of the EVPs that do come through, they either sound very electronic or very robotic. And so I think that's what lends to that theory. 
And how much is that attributed to you simply having to not manipulate the audio, but uh, clean it up, eliminate the background noise, maybe boost the levels? Uh, is is some of it as a result of, of that? I would say what we go through, if we have to do all sorts of things and play it backwards, we don't count it as an EVP. If we can play it through on its normal capacity and we hear something strange, it either sticks right out to us or it takes a very, very small amount of changing, uh, like just clearing out the background noise to bring that out uh, further. Uh, we, anything else we don't, we don't count because that could be the program rendering it. We don't want to mistake that as evidence. Dennis, what do you think is going on here? I mean, are you certain that these are spirit voices? Could they be voices from another dimension? Could they be ETs? Uh, could they be sort of demonic tricksters? What, what, what do you think is going on here? I think that it's an entity that we don't yet understand. Uh, we're on the cusp of figuring out what is going on here. I think it's going to take some more some more digging to find out exactly what's going on. Uh, it's the same thing where people are trying to, uh, I guess, find different uh, forms of a higher being. This could be the very same thing. One person's ghost is another person's demon kind of thing. So you don't necessarily believe that they are, in all cases, uh, you know, dis- disembodied voices of, of, of the dead? Well, in this particular instance, and, and this is why I use the Blue Ghost Tunnel as an example, there are no reports of anyone dying in the tunnel itself. It's it's just a train tunnel. Uh, and all, there have been deaths surrounding the area, but nothing in the vicinity of the tunnel itself. So for it to be a disembodied voice of someone who's passed away, I don't think that they would travel 50 or 100 yards to an abandoned tunnel where the, away from where they died. Um, I think what's happening in this particular location is actually a manifestation of everybody's fear or excitement or anger, regret, whatever it is. It's the mental energy getting a life of its own, basically. So that would be something separate from uh, somebody dying, but it would still be an entity in itself. All right, we'll uh, play another clip here in a second. Um, I'm not sure if we have time before the break. Probably, well, before we do that, Tim, let me. I, I want to ask, uh, or I'm going I'm to throw the phone lines open here, and if anyone has um, uh, any form, if you've ever, ever had any form of, of spirit communication. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. We'll make the phone lines available. And if uh, you've perhaps even recorded an EVP, although we won't expect you to play it on the air tonight, that might be difficult. Maybe just tell us the circumstances um, under which you were able to record this ghostly voice and what the voice said and how you reacted when you heard it the first time. And we'll uh, also make the phone lines available as we batten down the hatches and prepare for the onslaught of Hurricane Sandy and this Frankenstorm. If you're anywhere in the affected area, up and down the eastern seaboard, uh, if you've got any news to report, if you're starting to see uh, some some heavy winds or rain or, God forfend, um, a flooding, uh, let us know what's going on where you live. And uh, we'll get to that um, during the, uh, the rest of the hour here. And we'll keep Dennis Claveau with us as well as we continue to delve into uh, EVPs. Dennis is the founder and lead investigator of the Ontario EVP Society, Extrasensory Validation of the Paranormal. Let's play another one, Tim. (laughs) 
All right. That sounded like either a, a female or a, a young child. I'm not sure which. Dennis, okay. what's going on there? Now, that one was actually very interesting. And uh, if you have the chance to hear it uh, through headphones, it's, it's actually very clear. Um, what happened was we had brought a, a guest investigator to the Blue Ghost Tunnel. I'll try and make this quick so you can fit in a break. Um, but uh, she was reacting very strongly to whatever was in there. She started having panic attacks and got very excited. So we actually had to physically drag her out of the tunnel because she was in hysterics. And shortly after everyone had left the tunnel, because we had gotten out of there so fast, we'd left the recorder in the tunnel itself. And it sounded like somebody laughing at the fact that we had had left. And shortly after that laughter, there's a, a very very nasty voice that says you took her uh, almost in direct reference to um our guest investigator as well so that one that one sticks out for us so you believe that she was saying you or uh, i say she it sounded like a female voice to me you believe this voice was saying you took her now in this particular evp it sounded like it was laughing it was almost like a an insane type of laughter it wasn't wasn't just like haha it was more like a, something a crazy person would laugh. laugh. Maniacal, Maniacal, yes. Maniacal laughing, yes. Do we have time to play that one more time, Tim? No, he's no. giving me the uh, the nod. Uh, so we'll maybe we'll when we come back on the other side we can play it again. Uh, so let's uh, we'll open up the phone lines. Anyone out there who's had any form of spirit communication? Maybe it was through a Ouija board. Maybe you actually heard a spirit voice. Perhaps it came through a medium. You went to see a medium. Or perhaps you've captured an EVP of your very own. Would love to hear from you. Thunder Bay to the Carolinas, Maine to Minnesota. We're talking EVPs here on The Conspiracy Show. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome back. Talking about uh, EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. These are uh, voices or, in some cases, animal sounds. Uh, could be a pounding that are caught on an audio recording device. Uh, now, whatever you may think, whether you believe in ghosts or not, there's something definitely going on here. These are not, this is, you know, Dennis Claveau has joined us, the founder and uh, lead investigator uh, from the Ontario EVP Society. And um, I don't know Dennis, but I don't believe he's perpetrating a hoax, nor do I believe the countless other uh, ghost hunters, paranormal researchers, uh, and individuals who capture these EVPs. Um, are, are, are perpetrating a hoax. The question is, what are they recording? What are they capturing? Is it the voice uh, or the sound of a disembodied spirit? Uh, is it radio interference? Probably not. Um, is it some unknown entity? An ET? Uh, I'm dubious about that one. Uh, could it be a demonic um, entity? Possibly. Could it be some sort of residual uh, energy left over from 
whoever occupied a building or a house or a location. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but we're hearing these EVPs now for ourselves, and make of them what you will. Uh, Dennis, let's, uh, are you good to take some calls here? Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's uh, weigh in with Jeff from Michigan. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Jeff, are you there? you got to lock in uh, Jeff for me, Tim, if you could. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, I had gotten off work uh, one night, and I was uh, living alone. My uh, uh, parents uh, had been uh, passed away for a number of years, and I was really curious about trying to get one of these Ouija boards to work. Well, there was a storm front coming in that evening, and uh, I put this thing out, and I was taking a shot glass, moving it around, and I just couldn't get anything to work. Well, a lightning bolt hit and knocked the power out. So I was fumbling around looking for a candle or something to light it with, and uh, the telephone rang. Now, I had one of these old uh, rotary phones, a uh, big black heavy rotary phone plugged in a wall, and I picked it up, and the lights were still out, and, it, man, it was just full of static. But through the static, I could hear a really strange, uh, really broken-up voice uh, calling my name. You know, and I mean, it was like, you know, one of those movies where you hear, like, air escaping from a corpse or something, and it was coming out, mm. and, uh, really spooky, but that's all it was. So I, I thought it was a crank joke, so I'm on the line, and I'm hearing the static. I'm saying, okay, who is this? You know, who is it? And nothing. So I hung up, and... Um, the power came back on, and that that was just very strange, you know. So I don't really think it was anyone playing a prank on me, but, I mean, I can't be sure, but I don't think so. Uh, great call. Thank you for that, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, um, how are things in Michigan? Uh, what's the weather like there? Uh, we're getting into a cold spell, and they're, they're forecasting uh, winds, uh, wind, sustained winds of uh, maybe up to 20, 22 miles an hour, waves up to 20 to 25 feet coming up within the next two days, and wind gusts of 40 up to 58 miles an hour. And whereabouts are you? Are you on the lake? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm at South Haven. South Haven. Is that south of Chicago? Uh, it's north of Chicago. It's north, north of Chicago. It's north of Benton Harbor, south of Holland, Michigan. We're south of uh, Muskegon and Grand ah. Rapids. Oh, okay. So it's still a little calm. Yeah, it's just windy, cold. Breezy, but it's supposed to change very uh, rapidly tomorrow and Tuesday. All right, uh, Jeff, thanks for the call. Stay safe. You too now. Good night. All right. Uh, Dennis, um, what do you make of... Uh, I've heard reports over the years of people receiving these strange uh, uh, phone calls, phone calls from the dead, some, uh, yeah. some believe. Have you ever investigated anything like that? It is a very strange phenomenon. Uh, it's certainly not out of the realm of what we're discussing here. Um, it, it certainly is an interesting phenomenon in itself. Um, now, the, the fact that entities and these beings could manipulate uh, electronics or, uh, in this case, a telephone, um, it, and sparking that, of course, would be the, uh, the lightning bolt, I would assume. Uh, it, does, it does add a very interesting perspective on that. I had an. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I should tell this story, Tim. You can vouch for me. This is not. Uh, this is a very strange coincidence that we, we would be talking about EVPs and then Jeff's call about the strange phone call. I have um, um, my um, cell phone in my pocket, and uh, you know my Samsung Android. Just got it. Not very familiar with it, and uh, I had the the ringer turned down because I was in studio earlier doing some work. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice coming from my pocket, and I recognize the voice. It's my bookkeeper. 
you know, we've been talking back and forth uh, the last couple of days because it's it's my tax time coming up, and he's and he happens. I'm not going to mention any names here, but it just so happens uh, his his wife is very ill uh, in hospital, and um, uh, I believe she has you know pneumonia right now. It's it's not a good situation, and my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. But he starts calling out from my pocket. I hear him. He's calling out her name. He says, Mary, is that you? Mary, is that you? And I reach into my pocket and I realize it's my bookkeeper uh, on the line. And I, I call out his name. He can't hear me. And I don't know what happened, whether I accidentally, you know, pocket dialed him or whether he accidentally dialed me. Uh, and when he didn't hear a voice on the other end, I don't know. Very strange situation, but uh, I just thought that was odd that we would uh, that would happen. And we're talking about uh, voices from beyond the grave tonight. Dennis Claveau stays with us. We'll continue to hear some more EVPs. Stay with us. The Conspiracy Show. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. And we're talking about capturing ghosts' voices on uh, audio tape, or what are believed to be the ghosts or the voices of uh, the dearly departed. Uh, Dennis uh, Claveau is with us. He is the founder and lead investigator of the Ontario EVP Society, Extrasensory Validation of the Paranormal. They operate out of Kitchener, and their website is www.evpsociety.ca. Now, Dennis, can anyone do this? Could I just go home tonight, take my uh, my old Marantz uh, digital recorder, press record, leave it in a room, leave it in the basement, and um, you know, wake up in the morning and play it back and see what happens? Is it that Absolutely. simple? It is that simple. Anybody with the recorder, even... The old uh, tape cassette recorders, they can leave it in a room. Uh, if they think that there's spirit activity, if they think there's an entity there, uh, they can go ahead and ask any questions or just leave it overnight, uh, and they'll have to listen to the audio all the way through, of course. But if there is something there, then it, it may show up. Now, if you're looking at the recorder, let's say you're keeping an eye uh, on the, the VU meter, even though you don't hear the voice, do you see the VU meter move? And that is interesting. It's something that we're looking at. Um, we're looking at putting together. Uh, currently, my technical specialist uh, Michael is uh, looking at making a device uh, that will not only capture the EVP, uh, but it will also capture um, a number of different uh, readings from ambient ra- uh, ambient radiation to uh, any fluctuations in the EMF field, anything like that. So we can figure out exactly what's going on at the time of what an EVP is captured. All right. Uh, Tim, can we fire up another one? Let's hear another EVP.
No question about what uh, the, the, the voice there is saying. Find me. Now, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of EVPs in my life. That's about the clearest EVP I've come across. That's a grade A EVP, Dennis. Tell me about the circumstances. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the, uh, the highlights of, of our EVPs. Um, this was in a brand new house. This house was about three years old in Woodstock, Ontario, in a new subdivision. Uh, we were doing a preliminary walkthrough. So it wasn't even part of the actual investigation. So we had left the audio recorder on the main floor. Um, the homeowners were in the basement uh, just giving, uh, walking us through and, and talking about different things that are going on in their home. Um, I myself was on a staircase between the two floors. Uh, my investigator, Graham, and uh, my inve- senior investigator, Jim, were both on the staircase with me. There was nobody on the main floor. Uh, we would have seen somebody walk in the room. We would have heard something. It was on the main coffee table, and it was ca- it was captured when everybody else was in the basement. So that one blew us away. This uh, recording sounds as if this entity, this ghost, saddled right up to the uh, the microphone. You know, took the microphone, put it right up to his or her mouth, and and spoke directly into the mic. I mean, this is not from across the room. This is not muffled. This is. I mean, you couldn't ask for a more clear. Um, does that I mean is that an indication uh, of the strength of the entity in terms of the haunting? Uh, what does it tell you? Now that that was very interesting as well because in that location, one of our investigators was actually scratched, so it could it could directly uh, correlate to the strength of that entity. Alternatively, it could just mean that it's on a better signal than the other uh, the other spirit voices are. If you think of it like a radio station, if you're not fully tuned in uh, to AM740, you may not be hearing us very clearly, but you'll still hear us. But if you're tuned into the right radio station, then you'll hear us clear as day. So I think that might be a play, too. You mentioned one of your investigators was scratched. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, our vest- investigator, Graham, during the investigation, uh, we were sitting in the basement. Uh, it was three of us. It was myself, uh, Graham, and the homeowner. Uh, we, Graham was sitting by himself on a soft leather couch. Uh, I was sitting uh, about three feet away from him on the ground, and the homeowner was sitting across from myself about ten feet away. So we were in the pitch black. Um, we were just sitting there asking questions. It was very quiet. So I'd asked, and I started challenging. I said, you know what, we're, we don't believe you. There's nothing here. You know, if, if you're actually here, then you better do something. And ask and you shall receive, uh, Graham said that he felt a burning scratch on his back like a cat just went down his back. So I asked him to come over, and I looked through the camera's night vision. Uh, I lifted up his shirt, and I, <laughs> I nearly freaked out myself because, uh, sure enough, there were fresh scratches in two directions down his back. And this wasn't something he could have done himself because there were scratches beginning at the top of his left shoulder Going all the way back down his uh, down his back diagonally to his waistline, and then there was another one that uh, was a very broad scratch that started at the top of his neck, all the way down his all the way down his spine. So that one shook him pretty badly. Uh, he took a little bit of time before he came back to the team, but thankfully he's, he's still with us. Uh, which begs the question, I mean, you're a non-profit, um, I mean, is this something that, you know, it, it seems to become almost this, a, a popular hobby now with people, but, I mean, people maybe not, are not appreciating what they're, they're messing with here. This, if you're talking about a demonic entity, for example, 
you could be opening up a door into a whole world of uh, of pain and misery for yourself. I mean, what precautions do you take, Dennis? How do you know you're not bringing some of these things home with you? And that's that's something that we that we look at on every investigation. I mean, it's with with any type of science. If you're going out into the unknown, uh, you have no idea what you're walking into. So we take precautions in terms of uh, rituals like uh, uh, grounding and shielding, things like that. We we borrow from uh, Native American rituals to other things that we read up on. Uh, we do have some very good friends in the psychic community that are able to teach us methods to kind of prevent these things from coming home with us. But with it not being an exact science, there's no way to definitively say if we're actually stopping this from happening or not. And have you ha- have you actually brought uh, something home? Uh, personally, I don't think so. Uh, I haven't had anything. Uh, come home with me, uh, thankfully. Uh, I haven't had any piggybackers, but some of our investigators have uh, almost been taken taken over, almost been possessed. They've certainly been influenced heavily. Uh, I wouldn't use the word possession because that's a pretty tough one, but uh, some of our investigators have have been overcome by uh, strong personalities. Can you give me an example? Can you give me an example of that? Certainly. It was in uh, Drummond Hill Cemetery, actually, uh, one of our investigators, Allie, she had been overcome by a strong personality. She began acting erratically. Uh, she went away from the group, and, and you could see on her face it wasn't herself. And she would almost act violently towards some of the members when we tried to walk towards her, uh, to a point where one of our investigators, Michael, who's known Allie for for a long, long time, uh, she claimed that she didn't know who she, she didn't know who he was, and she was going to call the police if she did if he didn't leave her alone. Uh, to which she replied, "It'd be a pretty strange way to explain, considering we're wearing the same shirt." But uh, she com- did not act herself whatsoever, and it took us uh, almost a couple hours to get her out of that state. All right, uh, Tim, do we have another one ready to fire? <laughs> So there we hear one of the investigators talking, and then over top of that, we hear that disembodied voice. What do you gather, Dennis? That voice is saying. And now that one was uh, that one was interesting as well. Again, back to the blue ghost tunnel. Um, that one sounded like a woman saying, I know that, who are you? Uh, it seemed almost in regards to what Ali was talking about, the graffiti and uh, different symbols on the walls. Again, what was the, the, the voice saying? It sounded like she was saying, I know that, who are you? I know that, who are you? It's, um, it's like they, they desperately want to be heard, known, um, uh, there's kind of a sadness in some of these, isn't there? I mean, like a, uh, I mean, obviously these, these are, if they are passed on, there, there's, yeah, if they're still earthbound, I guess, uh, that would tend to suggest that they may have passed on, uh, in tragic circumstances or there was something unresolved. Uh, but do you get a, is there a, a sense of foreboding or sadness or tragedy, uh, in these places where you capture these voices? In some of these places, uh, it, it's hard not it's hard not to have a predisposition when you're walking into it because you hear all the stories, uh, you hear all the rumors. But some of, when you're listening to the EVPs, I mean, it's it's very hard not to 
not to become emotional with some of them because some of them do sound so desperate, so sad. And uh, it seems almost like they're, they're an actual personality that's trapped there. Uh, but it, it, it's too early to tell exactly what that is. So you have to keep that emotion in check when you're listening to it. Aside from going to these places, recording these EVPs, maybe in some cases confirming that there is some activity there, what else can you do for either the homeowner or these disembodied voices? Well, what we normally do, uh, we offer um, we offer the service of, of using the, the cleansing ritual, going through with, uh, with sage or sweetgrass. Uh, we can't 100% say this is going to do anything. I mean, in the past, we have alleviated some problems, uh, calmed down some activity. Uh, other uh, other examples would range from uh, offerings to an entity uh, using traditional tobacco or honey or whiskey, anything like that. Uh, anything that we can find either in Native American ritual or uh, early European ritual, we try to put that to practice because that seems to be the most effective method. Um, but in terms of moving on spirits, uh, we do have some psychics and mediums that work with us on a part-time basis uh, that claim that they're able to move those spirits on to the next uh, the next life or the next world. But again, scientifically, it's hard to put that into uh, into context. Tim, do you have time for one more? Can we squeeze in another one? Let's hear another EVP. Not sure if that's a voice, Dennis. Are we hearing someone stomping their feet? What are we hearing here? Now, that one uh, that one actually was, again, one of the more emotional ones. This was captured in Unity Church right here in Kitchener, Ontario. Um, we had done what we call dead time. So we had let three members in different parts of the church, completely alone, completely in the dark for an hour. As we were wrapping that up, uh, a, a group of us were in the prayer room. You hear us leaving. You hear us walking down the stairs. Uh, so there was nobody in the prayer room. There was nobody on the upper floor. The recorder in that room actually caught what sounded like a child's voice uh, saying, leave here uh, or leave us, something to that effect. And then it says, he'll kill you. So it's one of those things when I, when I first listened to it, it almost brought tears to my, it almost brought tears to my eyes because thinking in any capacity, children are, are trapped or left behind. That's always a sad thing. But it is. That's always <laughs> difficult to hear. I, I'm always as well moved by the uh, the EVPs of, of children's uh, voices. Dennis, thank you for joining me tonight. And again, it's uh, the Ontario EVP Society Extrasensory Validation of the Paranormal, the website evpsociety.ca. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much for having me on. All right, Dennis Clavo. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe, stay warm, stay dry. Thank you to Tim Spreen for audio production and producing. And uh, I'll be back next week with a brand new show. Hope you'll be along for the ride. Our Gary Patterson, rock and roll investigator, will be with us to talk about the Paul is Dead rumor, uh, which got started about uh, 46 years ago uh, next month. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.